Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 7-Minute Meditation Podcast with me, Andrew Suit. Thank you for listening. This is where I'll share with you a piece of my heart, mind, and soul in about seven minutes. Today is a seven-minute message episode where I'll share in about seven minutes a sermon or message I've actually preached. Today we consider faith and hope. So before we start our seven minutes, I want to invite you to just hear these words of a familiar passage, 1 Corinthians 13. Hear these words. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I, gain, if I give all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Let's get our timer started, and away we go. You could say that this is a mini-series, because we'll have another episode where we look at love, and we'll call that the greatest of these. But for now, we're kind of looking at the whole picture of faith and hope especially, but love is certainly the context here. As a matter of fact, this comes at the end of a series where we've had other people preach on the fruit of the Spirit. So in some ways... I suggest that maybe these are bonus fruits of the Spirit, faith, hope, and then we conclude with love again. If you know the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But love is the key, so we come back to Paul. We come back to uh, love, rather. I, I saw the word Paul, and it reminds me here that Paul loves lists. If you've read any of Paul's epistles... He loves lists, and I wonder, indeed, if these are not likely exhaustive lists. It's probably that he is giving suggestions. In other words, there's probably more even to the spiritual gifts. We don't see things like music listed there or maybe even poetry or writing, but there's some spiritual gifts that he is probably suggesting. So I wonder if there's more to this than meets the eye. So we see here in 1 Corinthians 13, a more excellent way for the church to be one for the gospel. 
but earnestly desire these gifts, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, administration, tongues, and I will show you a more excellent way. This is what we read in the previous chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, and then those gifts are listed in uh, verses 28 through 30. So it's interesting to consider the context here of 1 Corinthians 13. We also read in verses 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So we must manifest or model this real love for one another, and it shows an indication here that this is beyond any race, class, or other distinctions that we would set up here as humans. Loving one another beyond these divisions shows God's love. Jesus said this to his disciples in John 13, 35, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this world really needs love. I think of that song. What this world needs now is love, sweet love. And so we get to the crux of this chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, often known as the love chapter, the wedding chapter. But we look at it within the context of chapters 12 and 14. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Why is love greatest? Well, you have to tune into that episode as we conclude this little mini-series with faith, hope, and then love. But let's consider for a moment faith and hope. Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Bible, which is a really neat translation because it helps connect some of the various translations together, because uh, you might know this when it comes to Scripture, is it's not written in English, right? It's written in um, Hebrew in the Old Testament, and then the New Testament is written in Greek and some Aramaic. So the Amplified Bible, for those of us who are not Greek scholars, I, I just know enough to be dangerous, um, it helps us to see some of the nuances. It's almost as if it is shouting at us. It's giving us a glimpse of some more ways that we can look at a familiar passage. So Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified Bible. Now faith is the assurance. It's the title, the deed, the confirmation of things hoped for or divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So within faith and hope, I have a suggestion to make that sometimes faith has been so misunderstood or so easily connected to things like leap of or blind that we've lost the meaning of faith. Faith seems like it's something we believe despite evidence to the contrary. Yet nothing could be further from the truth. Faith Instead, I would say, is putting your active trust in Jesus Christ. Could we agree on that as a new definition, that faith is 
putting your active trust in something, like sitting on a chair. You have a certain active trust that the chair is going to hold you up. And yet it's even more profound to think in terms of putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Sure, it's something unseen, but it's not without evidence. There is something good to support us in the analogy of the chair. We have a belief because of the good evidence that is there. So we have faith and hope. Hope could be defined as a confident expectation of what God has promised and a confident expectation in God's faithfulness. In other words, it's not just, oh, we just hope that it won't rain tomorrow, or we hope that uh, we'll have some rain, depending on the situation. It's a confident expectation of something that God has promised and that God will be faithful. So again, we'll look at love more in the next episode of this mini-series, so to speak. But love, I want to remind us, is a verb. It's more than feeling. 1 Corinthians 14.1, it's the path to follow, a mindset to embrace. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Genuine love is for all members of the body, even those that are seemingly unpresentable, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12.23. And there's our time. Just a few more seconds here. Um, the unpresentable parts, those who stretch us beyond the limits of our personalities and our preferences. All parts of the body are important. First of all, or, or last of all, finally, is that love is eternal, and we'll return to that. Love is eternal. Faith and hope are just for now. There is no need for faith and hope in heaven, is there? Because we exercise them here on earth as we look forward to an eternity with Christ where all there will be is love. Thanks be to God, and thank you for listening. To connect with me, please friend or follow me on Facebook. I'd love to continue the conversation with you. God bless.